Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Think LA should legitimately be scared of Portland? Hell yes, they should. This is the Believe in Trailblazers show. The Portland Trailblazers have won the World Championship. On Believe Podcast Network. Boom, Portland's number one sports podcast network. Now, the Blazers win in four overtime. Here's your host, Jordan Schultz. We can officially say it, Blazers fans. Officially, Rip City is the eighth seed in the Western Conference playoffs. Yeah! The Blazers facing the L.A. Lakers for the first time in the playoffs since the year 2002. It's been almost 20 years since we've gotten to see this particular postseason matchup. I mean, the last time this happened, Will Purdue, Will freaking Purdue from all those Chicago Bulls teams was the Blazers' backup center. Once again, almost 20 years ago, back in 2002, the last time the Blazers faced off against the Lakers in the playoffs. But now, the West Coast rivalry that NBA fans may have forgotten about is back and better than ever. LeBron and AD v. Dame and CJ. Could you ask for anything better? As a Blazers fan, other than like maybe a Larry O'Brien trophy, I don't think so. However, as excited as I am about the Blazers' accomplishments in the Bubble League, and there have been a lot of them, I'm not feeling so great about the Blazers' chances of advancing past the first round. I mean, proud of Damian being named the NBA MVP of the Bubble League. It's a weird award, but uh, proud, anyways. Lots of accomplishments that the Blazers had, but. I'm just not sure about their chances. In fact, I'm going to make a strong statement right now out of the gate. The Blazers handled their business and played super well to lock in that eighth seed. But I think it's going to be the Los Angeles Lakers moving on to the second round over the Portland Trail Blazers in the Western Conference. Jordan Schultz sitting in with you for episode 30 of Believe in Trail Blazers on the Believe Podcast Network. Believe is Portland's number one sports podcast network. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? Hey, if you have any burning questions about Rip City and want answered on the show, or if you heard something I said you want to tell me I'm crazy, hit me up on Twitter on the Air Jordan with an O. This show available wherever you get your podcasts Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. All right, so the Portland Trailblazers overcame so much in the last two to three weeks or so to get to where they are now. They went 6-2 and two over the course of their bubble season, eight games long, whatever you want to call it, and played well enough to steal the eighth seed in the Western Conference away from the Memphis Grizzlies. Then they beat them 126-122 to secure that matchup against the Lakers in the playoffs. Awesome game, not without close calls, though. And, and to be honest, there were a lot of close calls during the entire bubble league whatever you want to call it. That shot uh, by Karis LeVere of the Nets last week as the clock expired, that was a nail-biter. Goodness gracious. So just lots to overcome on the court, but the team has had to overcome a lot off the court as well, dealing uh, with a lot more than just basketball. We all got the tragic and terrible news over the weekend that Yusuf Nurkic's grandmother passed away from COVID-19. And it just nothing that you ever want to see 
not even one of your worst enemies go through. Nevertheless, one of your favorite Portland Trailblazers players. And Yusuf still managed to ball out of his ass against the Grizzlies, scored 22, 21 rebounds. And I'm pretty sure he had like 12 or 13 or 14 in the first half. It was just an insane game for Yusuf Nurkic. So we need to take a second and celebrate all of these accomplishments made by the team. The Blazers were very good, one of the best teams in the Bubble League at times. They only lost two games and played very well in lots of different ways. Of course, Nurkic coming back was a huge reason why the Blazers were able to play well. Uh, His passing abilities, I think he averaged over four assists in the Bubble League. And I mentioned his passing ability on the last episode of Believe in Trailblazers. That alone makes the defense have to react to where he's going and what he does. It reminds me of Arvita Sabonis. You couldn't really defend him that easily as an opposing center. When you're seven feet tall and you can pass like that and then you can step out and shoot like he can as well as go to the hoop, that's just going to make it very tough to guard you and make it a ton easier your teammates to get open shots as we were seeing thankfully with him back and what they were missing on the team before he had returned this year earlier in the season so Yusuf a huge reason the Blazers were able to make the playoffs if not in my opinion the most meaningful one the return of Yusuf Nurkic uh, hands down the most important factor for the Blazers getting into the playoffs as the eighth seed I cannot forget though about Gary Trent, uh, looking at his statistics, shooting the lights out from long range in the bubble. Uh, I think for the first few games, he was at like an over 60% clip from long range. That obviously leveled out a little bit, but he started hot and also continued to earn that title of defensive stopper. And on top of all that, Gary Trent playing well, Yusuf Nurkic playing well, The guy I said would be the X factor for the Blazers, Carmelo Anthony, was exactly that. He hit no less than two clutch threes and a bunch of other big shots from actually inside the arc as well. Gosh, man, I love Melo. That basketball IQ and that sexy jumper ended up saving the Blazers during the bubble league. Drawing fouls like he did, uh, he was able to take a lot of smaller players to the hoop and just own them get that foul, hit a lot of free throw shots and affect the Blazers in a positive way on the offensive end. And of course, if you didn't see that game against the Memphis Grizzlies where they sealed that spot in the playoffs, Carmelo's shot actually sealed the win over the Grizzlies to put them officially in the playoffs. Without Melo, without that three at the end, the Portland Trailblazers would not have been down in the bubble. Mad props to him for playing like a man possessed to help get Portland over the hump against Memphis and not just in the bubble, but what he did for this team all season. And as surprised as we all were seeing basically a 16 point per game average from a 35, 36 year old Carmelo Anthony. What a great pickup on a low risk, high reward move from Terry Stotts and Neil O'Shea and obviously Melo paying big dividends, hoping that he stays in Portland for the rest of his career, once again playing like a man possessed to get Portland over the hump against Memphis. Most importantly of all, though, Damian Lillard played like a superstar. He played like a freaking superstar down in Orlando. It almost felt at times he was willing the Blazers to win in a couple of those games. 
Uh, one time went off for over 60 again. Uh, the second time he's done that this year. And in the last three games of the bubble league, this wasn't including the Memphis game, he averaged over 50 points. Last three bubble games, 50-plus clip from Dame. That's just talent at a level that not many have ever played at in the history of the league. People talking about his long-range shooting abilities again as well uh, after that shot from the logo that he hit against the New Jersey Nets last week. I could not believe it when I saw him spot up from there. And then the shot looked almost perfect going through the net. Basically left my wife and I speechless. Then about five seconds later, we both just started screaming because we didn't know how to react or what to do. It was awesome. Uh, listen to what Dan Patrick, sports radio host, had to say about Dame's shooting ability, the ultimate compliment from Dan Patrick. If you've taken an NBA three, it's a man-sized three. I mean, you got to be able to have some lift. you got to have strength there. But Damian Lillard, if I add, you know, 15 to 18 feet more, and he's shooting from the logo, with all due respect to Jerry West, Damian Lillard might be the logo if he's going to be pulling up from that uh, kind of range there. But that was, he had an impressive run. When you're averaging 50 the last three games of the regular season, that's an impressive way to go out. Man, I am loving all this respect that Dame is getting from everyone, minus Skip Bayless, of course, from FS1. We'll talk about him here in a few minutes before we finish out the podcast. But Dame single-handedly forced basketball fans to take the Portland Trail Blazers seriously. And look at all the accolades he's getting now, obviously winning the MVP of the Bubble League. He, of course, is the cover athlete for NBA 2K, at least for the current generation consoles. So what he is bringing uh, to the Portland Trailblazers as far as NBA fandom is insane. And I think that he's going to end up being one of the best players of all time, simply put, especially if he continues to score at will like he has the past three seasons or so. So Dame is awesome. We know this. But despite Dame being awesome, well, I really, really hope that my Portland Trailblazers will beat the Lakers and advance to the second round. I've got to be realistic, Rip City. The chances of that happening, in my opinion, are slim to none. Why? Well, it's pretty simple, actually. If there are any fans that have better answers than I do to these three questions that I'm about to ask, then I'm totally wrong about the Blazers, and they're going to beat L.A. But these three questions that I've got coming up, uh, they really make a point about why I don't think the Blazers are going to get over the Lakers. And it's not like I don't think they have a chance. They absolutely do. As Stephen A. Smith says on ESPN's first take. These are the kind of things that Damian Lillard is capable of doing on any given night. Now, the brother's averaging 29 for the season, okay? This brother's all-world. I thought he was first-team All-NBA last year. Of course, Rip City has some talent to lean on in superstar Damian Lillard as well as now a healthy Nurkic and a savvy vet in Mello, as we were just talking about. But hear me out on these three questions about the Blazers v. Lakers. And I think once you think about them, you'll understand why I don't think Rip City, as much as I love them, has a chance in hell in beating the Lakers and moving on to the second round. Question one, who's going to guard LeBron James? Who? Is there anybody on the Blazers roster that can handle that job? It's not Trevor Ariza right now. He would be the best choice and, in my opinion, actually give Portland a chance. But unfortunately, he's out of the bubble dealing with a family situation right now. And props to him for that. I'm not mad at Trevor for doing that. It just leaves the Blazers with a huge hole on defense 
for LeBron James and the Lakers. So it's most likely, as far as guarding LeBron, is going to be a combo of Carmelo Anthony, Gary Trent Jr., and then maybe even Mario Herzonia thrown in there because uh, you're obviously seeing him playing a bit more with Zach Collins out with his swollen foot. And as awesome as Damian has played, their defense in the bubble league was just bad at times, just terrible. And can Gary Trent, as good as he is defensively, can he even make a bigger player like LeBron sweat? I mean, LeBron's just big and strong. Simply put, not trying to be trivial, Gary's 6'6", LeBron is 6'9". And he's a 6'9 point guard at that and looks like one of the strongest dudes you've ever seen in your life. Melo has been a defensive stopper in the past and at times this season, but how is he going to fare over a seven-game series? He is getting older. LeBron is too, but Melo came back after 11 months of not playing. Now, maybe that gives the Blazers an advantage because everybody hasn't been playing for, what, three, four months leading up to this time in the bubble. So I, though, think, unfortunately, that defending LeBron will be a huge issue for the Portland Trailblazers. And everyone else in the NBA, in my opinion, it's just tough. LeBron, I, I don't think that anybody in the NBA outside of like maybe Nick Batum and a younger Carmelo Anthony can actually handle guarding LeBron. And that is the first reason why I think the Blazers will lose to the Lakers in the first round of the playoff. Question two. Historically, when does LeBron play better? The regular season or in the playoffs? This is actually a pretty damn easy question. James is second in playoff scoring only to the great one, Michael Jordan, MJ. So it's a pretty easy answer right there. James, as soon as the playoffs start, he turns it on. He's very famous for, I think it's like, what, a month or two before the regular season ends uh, when it's normally being played anyways, like it usually does. He turns off his social media, gets off of Twitter and all that stuff and tries to focus down for the playoffs. Or maybe that's just for the NBA finals. But my point is, that LeBron, when it comes playoff time, the level of focus change, and he's just at another level. As soon as those bright lights come on in the big city, LeBron steps up. He goes from, like, regular LeBron to super LeBron. <laughs> and on top of that, he changes his game in the playoffs. He loves to become the roller in the pick and roll come playoff time. I was reading that earlier this week. So that adds yet another option to the Lakers' toolbox to score with. And on top of all that, in elimination games in the playoffs, LeBron James, uh, well, he's won about two-thirds of them. Nothing to sneeze at, right? That is freaking ridiculous. So when he's facing elimination, he steps it up even further. This point isn't so much about the Blazers as much as it is about the Lakers and how good their superstar and the rest of their lineup are. And at this point in their careers, I think many would argue that their center, Anthony Davis, is better than LeBron. Who remembers when the Blazers got swept by the Pelicans in the 2018 playoffs? 4-0 uh, in the first round, the Blazers were out. Anthony Davis was on that team. If you forgot, he went off each and every game. 35-22-28-47 against the Portland Trail Blazers. <laughs> It's going to be different with both Whiteside and Nurkic in the middle, of course, but I still expect AD to get his. He's one of the five best players in the league right now, simply put. So as great as the Blazers have played at times during the NBA bubble league, I personally think that LeBron and the way that he changes in the playoffs and the way that AD is going to play is going to be too much for the Blazers to overcome in a seven 
game series. LeBron just goes off. Question number three. Can the Portland Trailblazers play an entire four quarters at max performance? That is the big one here. Can the Blazers play an entire four quarters at max performance? Portland has had plus points in every quarter in every single game except the third. So over the course of eight bubble games, the Blazers managed to be something like minus 18 or 20 points in every single game during the third quarter looking at the stats. That means they were outscored by every opponent during the third quarter. Didn't matter who they faced, good or bad. And everybody says, all right, basketball is a game of runs. I get that. But elite teams do not give up leads like that very often. Elite teams don't have a terrible quarter during every basketball game they play either. And I've been hearing that whole game of runs excuse for way too long when it comes to the Portland Trailblazers. It was the defense radio play-by-play voice Travis Demurst used when the team was struggling with injuries and unable to win earlier in the season at points. And I understand pro basketball players are going to go on runs like that. They're just too good sometimes. The level that these guys are playing at is absolutely insane. But when the Blazers have such a terrible quarter every game while battling injuries, while not having Yusuf Nurkic and Rodney Hood and Zach Collins on the court, and then they have a terrible quarter every game again when they're almost healthy, when Zach Collins was on the court, it's cause for concern. The Blazers' problem regarding terrible quarters, it, it to me, it doesn't seem like it's injury or the other team's fault. For some reason, they just have a problem turning it on for 12 minutes at a time during each game. Why? I have no idea. Giving up a run against a great team is understandable, but almost losing to a shorthanded Denver team as well as the 76ers without Joel Embiid for most of the game, that is a huge reason why I think the Blazers will struggle overall against the Los Angeles Lakers. And to add to those three questions, just take a look at the Lakers roster. Their three best players are LeBron, Anthony Davis, and Kyle Kuzma. Yeah, Danny Green hasn't really played well, but do they need him to? Dwight Howard, Deion Waiters, Quinn Cook, Hell, even J.R. Smith, more experienced than the Blazers bench. Of course, Gary Trent Jr. is going to be a huge X factor for Portland. But Terry Stotts basically has to leave it up to Hassan Whiteside, Wenyan Gabriel, and Mario Herzonia to step up and play the best basketball of their lives to this point. That's the only way that they're going to get the win, in my opinion. Zach Collins, he's missing game one with that swollen ankle. Uh, He's been playing terribly anyways, though, so... I think it's probably good that he's not going to be on the court. Uh, Hopefully, Terry can use a combo of Nurkic and Whiteside together a bit more. So if those guys can't play at a top level, I just don't think Portland has the ability to beat the Lakers in a series. If the Lakers suffered an injury or two, hey, anything is possible, all right? But I personally think that it's going to take like an asteroid-like terrible situation hitting the Lakers and just causing them either injuries, maybe guys count for a couple of games, or just messing with their flow something huge that would be the only thing that i think would really help the portland trailblazers i am so sorry you can start sending me hate mail now rip city fans but i think the la lakers are going to beat the portland trailblazers in six games in the first round of the western playoff i hope i'm wrong so i don't think the blazers will beat the lakers but i know that i'm right on this damian lillard is a superstar Those two facts don't have to be linked together like some people think that they should be right now. 
But idiots like Skip Bayless from FS1 continue to try to spin that yarn. So this came out in the last few days. Skip Bayless thinks that uh, because Dame didn't want to play in the NBA restart unless the Blazers had a chance to make the playoffs, which would have affected Bayless's job, or because the Blazers haven't been to the NBA Finals with Dame, or because they most likely won't beat the Lakers in a playoff series. Skip thinks because of all that and more, I'm kind of just trying to summarize it, that Dame cannot be considered an NBA superstar. What? Skip, are you high? Lots of people have reacted very angrily about this, and one of the loudest takedowns of Bayless, though, coming from his colleagues at FS1, former NBA player Matt Barnes. Take a listen to what he has to say about Dame. Dame has never spoke like anybody but Dame. <clears throat> never tried to be LeBron, never tried to be no one. Never tried to team up with no stars. Dame is Dame. So as a former player and all the players in the league, we respect him when he speaks because he rarely speaks in the first place. So for you to try to come shit on him with these bullshit-ass analytics, <clears throat> analytics are made up by people who can't dribble and chew gum at the same time, so analytics mean nothing. It's the eye test with Dame. Dame hits big shots, he misses big shots, but he's always going to take him. He's one of the most clutch players we've ever seen in the NBA. Strong words. I can't disagree with anything he just said. Maybe other than the use of analytics, I do think that does provide an accurate uh, depiction of a player, but maybe not always, especially in baseball as opposed to basketball. But that's beside the point. I, I really agree with mostly everything Matt Barnes just said. And I've always had respect for Barnes as a player. He chased championships instead of money during his NBA career. So I will always listen to what Matt Barnes has to say basically about anything. Uh, Carmelo also adding to that, saying that Dame is the top guy that he's played with. Here's Carmelo Anthony's quote. Dame's at the top for me. He said this to Yahoo Sports, by the way. I've never played with someone who lifted his team on the court with his play and as a leader. He genuinely cares for his teammates. What he's been able to do is amazing. He's the top guy I've played with. I've played with some great players, but the way Dame elevates his game and others He's at the top. That's a direct quote from Carmelo Anthony. I don't know what Skip Bayless is putting in his morning Cheerios or if he's smoking some crazy weed, but he should just shut up about Damian Lillard's superstar status. Just shut up, dude. <laughs> I know some national talking sports heads have jobs to raise provocative points, stimulate that reaction, get conversation going, but that's just a bad take that's not based in fact, dude. Yeah, all right, Skip, it's his opinion, and it's probably one of the stupidest ones that he's ever had. It, for me, it's along the same lines as that opinion Paul George had, saying that Dame's game winner over the Thunder last year was a bad shot. By the way, Paul, nice job running off to the LA Clippers, but yeah, that was a bad shot. <laughs> it wasn't, and you know it, Paul George. And Skip, guess what? Dame is a superstar, and you know it. Do better. Just do better. It's crazy, man. You got to give respect to where it's due. And Damian Lillard has absolutely earned that. So I just had to throw that in about Skip Bayless and throw him under the bus a little bit before the end of Believe in Trailblazers this week. And good luck to the Portland Trailblazers in the first round. Let's get fired up, Rip City. Let's get fired up to watch the Blazers face off against the Los Angeles Lakers in the playoffs for the first time in almost 20 years. And that's going to do it for episode 30 of Believe in Trailblazers. If you have any burning questions about the team you want answered, or if you think I'm crazy, hit me up on Twitter on the Air Jordan with an O. This show available wherever you get your podcasts. Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can also find the show at Believe.com and at Believe Podcasts on Twitter. That's all for now, Portland fans. 
Please continue to wash your hands and stay healthy. I'm Jordan Schultz, and I'll talk to you next week. Go Blazers. Hope they beat the Lakers. Rip City, baby. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.